Hello, beloved, and welcome to this uh, evening message where we are looking at the book of Revelation, which basically, as we know, is the revelation of Jesus Christ and where we get to know much more about our Lord and Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. We're busy in chapter 6, and we will be starting with verse 9. Before we continue, though, let's just have a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you that we can come to you in Jesus' precious name. And thank you for the book of Revelation and that we can once again study it. Thank you for the blessing that goes along with our study of the book of Revelation. I pray, Father, that things will become clear to us as we work our way through this amazing book. And that Christ will be uplifted and you may be glorified in our lives as we apply the principles that we see in, in the book of Revelation into our lives. And enable me, Father, as your servant, to, to teach your people, I pray in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Okay, Revelation chapter 6, let's read verse 9. It says, When he opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of those who had been slain for the word of God and for the testimony which they held. Very interesting. When he opened the fifth seal, so we are busy with the fifth seal. This is what John said. He says, I saw under the altar the souls of those who had been slain for the word of God. So he sees this. This is part of the vision that he sees. And um, what he sees is the souls of those who had been slain, which means we're talking about the martyrs. Uh, But they've been slain. Why? Why have they been killed? They've been killed for the word of God. And for the testimony which they held, which means they, they held the testimony of Jesus Christ. They proclaimed Jesus Christ. And because they proclaimed Jesus Christ, they were basically killed. They were slain. Because they loved the word of God, they preached the word of God, and they testified about the Lord Jesus Christ. And that was enough for them to be killed. All right, so and that's what verse 9 tells us. Now, it's once again, we see... It it is Jesus who opens up the fifth seal. And why? Uh, He's worthy. He's worthy to open up the sixth seal. And when the the fifth seal is opened up, John basically sees under the altar the souls of those who had been slain. Okay? Now it's believed by some that shortly after the beginning of the tribulation, there will be a great soul harvest. Right? They, they find it in the book of Revelation. We're going to get there. But they, they think, it's in, in chapter 7, uh, it speaks about the 144,000 witnesses, uh, those who had been sealed by God. And they will go out and they will preach the gospel. And through their ministry of the gospel, many people will come to salvation. And this is during this tribulation period. Right, so, and, and it's believed then that uh, shortly after the beginning of the tribulation, that there will be this great soul harvest. And, beloved, if it's so, fantastic. Right? Um, But if it's not like that, then so be it as well. Now, most of these tribulation saints, as they are called, they will be killed by Antichrist. Now, it will seem as if the Antichrist has power over God's people. That's not true. He doesn't have power over God's people. God allows him to basically persecute his people. Because remember, persecution of God's people or persecution of the church is basically judgment. 
if when God allows people to to, to uh, persecute His own, His children, then you can know that God is actually uh, His wrath is being built up, His anger is being built up, because His people, His children, are being um, killed. But it is also judgment. So God leaves them so that they can basically persecute God's people, but God's judgment has already started. The moment you see persecution take place, let's say, for example, in, in one of the third world countries or um, one of the Eastern Bloc countries, you know, where the gospel is not allowed to be preached, uh, anywhere where you see Christian persecution take place, you can know that it is God's judgment that has been how can I say, proclaimed, I'm going to use that word, yeah, proclaimed or let loose over that specific group of people who are persecuting God's people. Because for them it is, yeah, they're persecuting God's people and they're thinking, wow, we are, um, we are doing what we need to, be, to do is to, to stop the gospel and the spread of the gospel and all that kind of thing. But in actual fact, God has given them over to judgment and they will be judged because... Uh, they are persecuting God's people. So the, the tribulation saints, as they are called, will be killed by the Antichrist. Okay, because God allows it. And it's not going to be because they, they are just martyred, because the Antichrist has got power over them. God has given the Antichrist uh, the power over his people. And certain of them will die because God allows it. And then another thing is these martyred souls will cry out to God. And, and he will cry, they will cry out to God to avenge their death. No? But they will be told, just rest for a little while later until both the number of their fellow servants and their brethren uh, that would be killed as they were was completed. Now, imagine for a moment... Uh, Despite the, the desperate evil of the Antichrist and despite the, the, the horrors of war and famine and pestilence and death, in spite of all these things, or disp yeah, in spite of all these things, God's still busy touching people's lives and He still saves people. Absolutely amazing. And it's, in, how can I say, it is by divine decree. It just shows you how completely in control God is. That God still allows persecution to take place. In fact, he, he allows people to come to salvation through Jesus Christ. And then he allows them to be uh, martyred. In 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 6 to 8, we read, Since it is a righteous thing with God to repay with tribulation those who trouble you, and to give you, who are troubled, rest with us when the Lord Jesus Christ is revealed from heaven with his uh, mighty angels in flaming fire, taking vengeance on those who do not know God and on those who do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now remember the Thessalonian believers were persecuted. All right, and, and here it says, God will repay these people with tribulation because they are the ones that caused tribulation to God's people. And remember, it's not as if it's something new. Through all the ages, God's people um, has been under persecution. 
Persecution is not something new for the church. So in the tribulation period, when uh, there is persecution that takes place, it is not something new. Now, many people, unfortunately, I think in today's um, churches, they've forgotten that persecution comes to true believers. Because they, they've become so complacent, so, how can I say, so happy-go-lucky. I mean, we go to church, we listen to a sermon, we sing a few songs, we pray, and we get into our vehicles and we go home. And then we do our thing, and then next Sunday we go back to church without even thinking that we could be persecuted for going to church. Where in countries where Christ is not allowed to be preached, you can lose your life or you can go to prison. Uh, if you just in a in a a gathering where Jesus Christ is being proclaimed. Some countries you're not even allowed to name the name Jesus Christ. So it's unfortunate that so many Western, specifically Western believers, uh, they, they distance themselves from persecution. It's as if they believe that persecution cannot come to them, come to them but that's not true. You see, Christ said that we must be crucified with him now. Take up your cross daily and follow Christ. And if persecution is part of that, uh, how can I say that, that uh, take up my cross part and I have to be persecuted, then so be it. You see, our, our flesh must come under subjection to what God wants and what His will wants, what is in His will. Now in Galatians chapter 2, verse 20, we read, I have been crucified with Christ. I am, it, it is no longer I that live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Beloved, it's a fact now that we're going to have tribulation, we're going to have persecution, we're going to have uh, hard times, tough times. But what happens is it makes us stronger. That's what it does. It makes us stronger. We're not better than our master, are we? He suffered. And because he suffered, we will also suffer. That's the reality. The difference, obviously, is the way that we suffer and the way that Christ Jesus suffered. Uh, and, and, I mean, in, in, when, when Christ suffered, it was inevitable that he had to die. We can sometimes suffer. All right, but we don't necessarily going to die. It makes us stronger. It changes our character, you know, to look more like Jesus Christ. That is the that's the idea. That's what God wants to do with us. And suffering is part of that trial that God puts us through. But there are people that suffer for the sake of Christ, and they lose their lives. That's a reality. That's how it works. All right. So there are going to be. Uh, saints who are persecuted or will be persecuted for the sake of Christ and uh, they will have to wait until all the martyrs you know that that was supposed to be martyred through all the ages within God's will uh, until they all have been martyred all have been persecuted now let's get to verse 10 Revelation chapter 6 verse 10 and it says, and they cried with a loud voice. This is now the, these martyrs. Nah? 
they cried with a loud voice, saying, How long, O Lord, holy and true, until you judge and avenge our blood on those who dwell on the earth? You see, here's that cry from God's people. Ne? Now, beloved, we need to understand that John didn't see the souls, these people. He didn't see them with his physical eyes. He, he saw them in a vision. And basically what's happening is these souls are waiting for the judge of all the earth not to basically interrupt the evil of the devil and his persecution of the saints. Um, they're waiting for Christ to interrupt all of that. Now the cry of the martyrs is in a sense the same as the Christians who, who would say, uh, come quickly Lord Jesus, come quickly because we are waiting, we would like you to come because when Jesus comes, suffering is, over, is done with, uh, persecution is done with, uh, pain and suffering and, and, and crying and all these things are all done with. The same as these martyrs, the moment Jesus Christ returns to this earth, martyrdom stops. Now persecution stops. Now it might seem as as you listen to this as if it is a rebuke to the Lord Jesus Christ, now, or a, a harsh word. How long, O oh Lord? It's time to avenge us. You know that kind of thing. But it's not what what the these martyrs are saying. Yeah. They they don't expect Jesus to say anything or do anything because they are saying uh, that something needs to be done. No, they are pleading for the persecution to be over and done with. They are pleading that Christ will bring an end to persecution. Because persecution, martyrdom, is not something to, 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 be, um, how can I say, to be excited about and to be glad about. No. You see, these souls, they're not looking for vengeance. They're basically crying out to the Lord to end all of it. To, and to set up his kingdom, to end all of the persecution, to end all of the evil and the unrighteousness, to set up his kingdom and to reign in righteousness. That, that's kind of their cry. Now, it's interesting. We have martyrs in, in, our, in, in, in the church today. There are people that's dying on a daily basis for their faith in Jesus Christ. And you know what? Those who, who have been um, martyred, they are the ones who can really sympathize with others who have been martyred. So the martyrs that, are, that, that John sees, they can sympathize with those who are going to be martyred still because they know, they, they've been through it. Now some of the martyrs of today are, are not physically killed, but... Um, they are persecuted. They are persecuted by the peers. They are many times persecuted on emotional level or on economic level. That if you're a child of God and you're outspoken, you lose your job. And uh, not just lose your job, you can uh, most probably, how can I say, not get enough income so that you can basically have a decent living. Because nobody would take you. That's what's happening, and it's happening worldwide. Politically, how Christians are being marginalized. If they're talking about marginalization, Christians are being marginalized today, and, and all the blame for all the mistakes of the past is all placed on Christianity. It's amazing to see how, how we are blamed. Uh, 
Christians are being blamed for all the stuff that happened in the past. And they will quickly jump on, ooh, what about the Roman Catholic Church that, you know, that, that um, killed so many people? As if the Roman Catholic Church is evangelical denomination. Uh, I am not connected to the, the, the Catholic Church at all. To be honest with you, I believe that the Catholic Church is, uh, is a, how can I say, an object of evangelism. The Catholic Church needs to be evangelized because they do not hold to the truth of Scripture. All right, now, when we get to Revelation chapter 6, verse 11, this is what we read. He says, Then a white robe was given to each one of them, and it was said to them that they should rest a little while longer until both the number of their fellow servants and their brethren who would be killed as they were was completed. So they just needed to wait for a time, patiently wait for a time, when, uh, when everybody else that was supposed to die, yeah, those who had to be killed as, uh, how can I say, as, as martyrs, until that was completed, because then after that, Christ Jesus will avenge them. Now these people that has been spoken of here in verse 11, they are those who were martyred during the tribulation period, and their robes have been washed, may be, may have been made white in the blood of the Lamb. Beautiful way now. It sounds, how in the world can blood uh, make white? <laughs> yeah, it's not, it's not the blood that makes white. This is figurative speech to say that the blood of Jesus that was poured out cleanses of sin, which means makes it pure and beautiful and clean. Now, beloved, the white robes that they receive are the garments that's given to all believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, when the fullness of time comes, the time that God has chosen, Jesus will appear in the clouds, and there will be a trumpet, and then, um, how can I say, this trumpet will kind of announce the redemption um, of God's people, and the judgment of everybody else. And he will gather all the believers with him. Right? Jesus will gather all of them. And interesting thing is that he will come and he won't be an hour early or an hour late he will come at exactly the right time he will be on time when jesus comes and that's going to be so exciting so exciting to see now it will be at a specific time that the father has chosen and they've it's, it's been decided before the foundation of the earth before the earth was created uh, when Jesus Christ would come, and when Jesus Christ would come again. Right. Now, we, we need to understand this, that these martyrs that we read about here are our fellow brothers and sisters, our fellow servants, our fellow saints. And uh, they've arrived before God's throne exactly the same way as any person that died in Christ. By grace in Christ, through ach, by grace, through faith in Jesus Christ alone. That's the only way to be saved, is by grace through faith. And and the white, you know, the the white robes that they receive, the white color in these robes, basically shows us that these saints have been victorious over all the things that, that they faced. 
and they've been made clean and they are now ready for heaven. They're ready because their robes are white. They've been cleansed on the inside. They're doing the will of God. And God has, has cleansed them and they are ready and prepared to be in God's presence forever and ever. Absolutely amazing. So, beloved, that's a, a picture of, of what happens in heaven. You know, with the fifth seal, when the fifth seal is broken. This is what John then sees, this vision that he sees. Absolutely amazing. God willing, next week or next time, we'll continue with the sixth seal that is opened up. All right. Let's bow our heads in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you so much that we can read and, and think about certain things that we, we read about in like for example Revelation chapter 6 I pray Father that you will allow us to take it to heart and embrace it to know that even though we will be martyred one day if it be your will and we are part of it Father still uh, we will be with you forever and ever so I pray Father please enable us to have an expectation of the coming of Christ that we will do what needs to be done to prepare ourselves and Father as we dwell on this earth until Jesus returns Father enable us to be um, witnesses unto you to get to know Christ better in every aspect so that you may be glorified in and through our lives this we pray in Jesus precious name Amen Right, beloved, may the Lord bless you, and may He keep you, may His face shine upon you, and may He give you His strength. I'm not going to continue with um, the following verses, because it's going to take a little bit too long. But I hope that you've been, even though it's, it's hard to talk about martyrdom and persecution and all these kind of things, beloved, but remember, if we want to spare our own lives... If we want to save our own lives, we will lose it. But if we lose our lives for the sake of Christ, we will get it. So our attitude should be, there are definitely people that's going to die for the sake of Christ, for the testimony about Jesus Christ, for the word of God. There are definitely going to be people who dies. Uh, and, and it's been predestined by God before the foundation of the earth that there are going to be people. God knows. All right? So, and if we are part of those people who would die for the sake of Christ, then so be it. May the Lord give us the strength to be able to, to stand firm when the persecution comes. And even if we have to lose our lives, that we'll be able to stand firm. Because at the end of the day, uh, and that our testimony that goes out in that moment um, might touch somebody else so that they too may be may repent of their sin turn by faith to jesus christ and then also um, be part of the saints that will be in heaven forever and ever oh beloved may this be true right and god willing until next time when we continue with the book of uh of revelation have a wonderful week bye-bye